Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Limerick Spinners. I'm Luke Wollstonehome, and I'm joined over Zoom by my dear friend, Leo McGuinn. How are you doing, Leo? Yeah, I'm well, mate. We've just finished an exam. Um, so you said you were frazzled. I, I know what you mean, a bit frazzled, you know, just a bit action for four hours, and then you kind of don't know what to do for yourself with yourself. But apart from that, mate, I'm, I'm very well. No, I think you're bang on. It's like when you're just staring at a computer screen for so long, your eyes go a little bit fuzzy, but it doesn't stop us from producing content. Nothing could stop us. Nothing could. Unstoppable. (laughs) Exactly. Now, what I want you to tell me is, Mm. what is the Limerick Spinners? Why why are we called the Limerick Spinners? Well, the thing, so um, Luke's father uh, is originally from Limerick. So that's where we get the limerick bit from. And then spinners um, is because my mum used to work in a like a yarn spinning factory. Um, so it's just we kind of just comp- combined our families kind of just occupations and, and, and their history. Uh, and that's where we come up with the limerick spinners. Right? That's a pretty solid description. That's mm. a pretty solid description. Yeah. So the limerick spinners, it has nothing to do with irish or indian heritage or another sport it is exactly <laughs> what leo just said right so welcome to episode two as i say of the limerick spinners now first as we did on the first episode actually i want to talk about the cricket leo i want to talk about the cricket and i want to preview the second test first between england and india what are your initial thoughts on team selection well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's very rarely you'll see a team, you know, do so well in a test, but they, they're going to end up making so many changes, which is, it, it's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, um, obviously Butler's going home, which we touched on. He's been great with the gloves. And I think in his last whatever test, he averaged 50 maybe since the start of last summer. Um, so yeah, that'd be a miss with the bat um, and folks comes in. But but yeah, they've got decisions to make. Um, all the chat is that Broad's going to come in for, for Anderson, um, despite Anderson, you know, bowling as well as anybody in the last test and just getting better and better. Um, and there's a lot of chat about Moeen coming in for Don Bess. Um, I think Don Best gets a lot of unfair criticism, you know. I, I, I think in Sri Lanka at times he bowled poorly, sure. Um, and he got some lucky wickets, which also isn't a negative thing. Someone who just has a knack of picking up wickets. Um, but yeah, look, he wasn't good in the second innings. But first innings, I thought he was really good. And he, he bowled with um, a lot more consistency than in Sri Lanka. Um, he flighted up the ball nicely, got it on the right spot to Kohli a few times and got him out. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the best one is slightly harsh. And I actually don't think they'll change him out. So I think there'll be two changes. I think broad in, folks in. Yeah, I think you're bang on. And I think I think the other thing with Bess is his batting was really quite impressive. I know we touched on it. He got 30-odd, didn't he, in, in that yeah. first inning? He averages like 20, 25 so far in his career. And he, he just yeah. looks a, he's not someone who's going to slog it, but he just looks like a really solid, um, techni- like te- good technique batsman. I think that's it. And I mean, it started when he, he got 50 in his first game against Pakistan, I think, at home. But like, you know, Moeen of old, when he was, you know, getting a load of runs, let's say England didn't score that highly in the first game that would make sense as a change you bring in a you know a genuine all-rounder but Moeen's been short of runs for a long time is his spin a better option than Bess I don't think so either yeah Bess had a bit of a shocker in the um in the second innings a lot of full tosses yeah. when I watched it back I was like oh I kind of forgot how many he bowled <laughs> six but, in a row Dom. Yeah, it's like well done maybe What's maybe just guy, maybe just hit the pitch yeah <laughs> I don't know. Just hit that day five turner yeah. um but yeah look I wouldn't make anything so I won't make a drastic change in the spin department. I thought they did a solid job. I mean, what about playing Anderson and Broad? What do you do there? 
Um, I don't think they will. I, England have a real seem to have a real set plan, which I'm not against. To always one of Anderson and Broad. Um, I think they want that extra pace through Jofra, um, someone who can do something a bit different. But I think it's a bit. I mean, <laughs> I just don't think they expected Anderson and Broad to still be as good as they are. Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess you do want that extra pace. I think. I think they're both, you know, 85 miles an hour or Anderson and Broad and, and, and they're both proven at what they do. But if the pitch is a bit flat and it's not doing anything, it's not reversing, someone like Joffre can just take take the pitch out of the equation or Mark Wood, who will be back in um, the squad from the next test. You know, he can just literally just, I don't know, bowl a Yorker at 92 miles an hour or just, or like he did with Ashwin in the last test, just scare the shit out of him by bowling short. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean... I don't know whether you 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 rest Joffre here or you rest Joffre in the next game. Mm. Um, I don't think you can really play three in a row, to be honest with you. I'm not sure. With, just with with the congestion of the games as well. Um, I don't know. I think personally, I'd rest Anderson as brilliant as he was. Obviously, he was almost perfect in the second innings. I think you just can't risk injuring him in this yeah. year. It's 17 Test matches. We played. No, what? I agree. We played three. So he has to stay fit. Um, I bring in Broad. Broad was incredible in Sri Lanka. People forget. He might not have taken many wickets, but his economy rate was like one. So, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're, you're not losing anything. The control will still be there from one end. Um, and I wouldn't really do anything else, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, Butler's got to go. Um, Folks is a fantastic wicketkeeper. But I, really, I, I don't think you need to do anything else. You've got the win. Um, mm. You know, even though Dan Lawrence didn't get runs, I, I wouldn't do anything I, I wouldn't I mean keep him there. it's not not any sort of vote of conference is it if you uh I mean supposedly Crawley will be back from the next test and Bearstow so I think maybe he'll be in trouble with them but I definitely plan this week um short short I'll answer this in short for me what would you do um if you're an Indian selector yeah I mean it's a really tough one because <laughs> a lot of their batsmen sort of I don't know, a bit out of form. I mean, Rahane especially is just his spots just under a little bit of pressure there. Um, I don't think Nadim can play. I don't. I think he comes straight out for Kuldeep in this test. Worry about Ashwin being injured as well. I mean, I'm not sure what they've announced on that just yet, but if he's injured, that's huge. I mean, that's yeah, huge. Ashwin big, at home. Big trouble if, if if Ashwin's injured as well. I mean, mm. suddenly you've got Kuldeep and, and someone else who's inexperienced, whoever it is. But, but I mean, you know, the problem is Rahane... You know, he's actually been out of form for, for like since he got that turn in Australia. He's been in horrible form. He's got no runs. I know you can't take him out on the back of what he's done there, but like, could you actually possibly look at, at Pant as your batsman and bring in uh, Saha as a wicketkeeper? I don't know. I think um, Pant's wicketkeeping issues aren't going away, but he's yeah. arguably the best batsman in the world on current form after Joe Root. So I don't I, know. I do, like, I do like Pant at six, though. I think... I think five might be one too high. Not too high. Obviously, he's good enough to play there. But I like the freedom that six gives him. I just, I don't know. I, I just, and also when someone's playing so well, you've said this in the past, I'm always very averse to changing anything. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I, look, he'd go up to five. I'm sure he'd smash it because he's world-class. But um, but yeah, I, also, yeah, I th I'd keep Rahane as well. I, I think always give someone a test too many rather than, than one test too little. Agreed. Um, and I'd love him to get you know, cleaned up again. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, yeah, this time Brody just get him. But, yeah, just, uh, just want to tail back in a little but bit. Yeah, see I, I'd, I'd probably only make the one change if I was India. Um, Kuldeep. Yeah, it would be Kuldeep for Nadim. 
Um, and I'll tell you what, as an England fan, I'm very worried about Virat Kohli because he looks good. Well, the innings in the um, the last test obviously goes under the radar because they lost and Root got double turned. But he was unbelievable on a day five turner again. Mm-hmm. He was unbelievable. Not many batsmen in the history of the game could play in innings that in control. I mean, you know, I have a love affair for Virat. I think he is yeah. the best player of our generation by a long Gary way. Gary Balance-esque, wasn't it? He, he has got a bit of balance a bit of Gary One Balance day he might get there. One no, day he might get there. He reminds me like a little bit of Sam Northeast as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say that actually. Do you know what I mean? Just, just yeah. a little bit of Northeast. But yeah, look, it's going to be a cracking test anyway. England on a high um, and India wanting to get back. I'm very excited. Luckily, luckily it's on Saturday because if it was tomorrow, <laughs> I don't know if I get up in time, to be honest with you. A bit tired. Um, I know you would. Yeah, I would because I'm a loser. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm not gonna. Do you ever sleep? Do you ever sleep? I sleep, mate. I sleep. I sleep. Don't worry. I've got nothing else going on in my life at the moment. So, um, you know. Well, on that cheery note, shall we just shift it on to just, I just want to touch on. Oh, yeah. Pakistan and South Africa. Pakistan are playing South Africa right now, actually, at the time of talking. Uh, In a T20, Mohamed Rizwan's just smashed a turn. Good. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, And I like how he's doing it in tests and T20. I mean, it shows that is, you know, that's the mark of a great player being able to shift format so quickly. But I don't want to talk about Pakistan too much. I want to talk about South Africa and their captaincy. Yeah, the South Africans, yeah. Can you do do South African accent? Uh, I did not shoot her. (laughs) That's all I can do. (laughs) That's... Okay. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, that really threw me that. Um, <laughs> captaincy though, Leo, captaincy. They yeah. have announced that de Kock is going to step down as test captain. So right. what do you do now? Um, I Well, I was always very teammate in Markram um, in terms of captain. He captained a lot at youth level. They've obviously really fancy him as a captain because they made him captain of their ODI side um, in How did 2017 that um, for a few games. Um, when he was only like t- early twenties, but it went so, well, didn't it? It went well. Yeah, yeah. So, so they see him as a captain, um, and yeah, I, I think he's the obvious choice. And and there was a little bit of um, there was a little bit of worry about his form at some stage, but he's regained that now. I think at his best, he's a very very good batsman, Aidan Markram. Um, and yeah, I, I, for me, that's the absolute obvious choice. Um, should never have been Decock in the first place, to be honest. Um, and yeah, just push Decock back to actually, you know what? Without captaincy, he can bat five. I'd actually bring in another keeper because I think Decock's so good as a batsman, although he's a great keeper and they've got some good keepers in reserve. Um, but yeah, Aiden Markram for me. Who's the keeper that you've mentioned in the past that you Carl Varane. Like? That's the one, the ginger yeah. hair. He averages 50 in first class cricket. Yeah, he's, he's a bit a, of a gun, isn't he? He's a bit really of a good gun. Cricketer. Yeah, he's, he's only 23 as well. And, um, yeah, I just think you don't lose anything by bringing him in. Um, the cock can bat with freedom. Yeah. The, the problem is with this, like I've been a bit torn about it. I know we've we've actually spoken about it in the past about who should be captain because you, you need you need the cock back in form. He's one of the best players in the world. It's kind of sad to see how how much his form has dropped. But you know, I'd actually personally go Dean Elgar as captain. I think um, he's been really good for the past few years with the bat. He's obviously played sort of like seventy odd tests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's not going to get dropped anytime soon. I don't think he'll get dropped again before he retires, to be honest with you. I think the thing is with Markram, yeah, he's back in form and that's great, but you immediately make him captain of uh, South Africa. The pressure's on. Um, you need to, he needs to cement his place in the side. He needs to play for a couple of years for me, make runs, 
you know, be confident like Jay Root almost. Um, I, I know there were comparisons to Graham Smith who got it after like 15 tests, but no, okay, he's not, he's not Graham Smith. I, I think you've got to see, <laughs> he's a right handed Graham Smith, the right handed Graham. Um, but I'd go Elgar for a couple of years and then give it to Markram. I think that makes sense. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it, South Africa are in a weird place at the moment, aren't they? They're in that they sort are. of transition without, place. but they're not transitioning, but they are. No, yeah. And the shoots of, they were so bad when we went down there and played them um, in 20, yeah, they're, they're not in a good position at the moment. But look, there's a lot of talent there. I'm sure they'll be fine, but um, not until they give Markram the captaincy. Now I want to shift on to the second sport that we enjoy talking about on this show, oh, yeah. which is, of course, the ball that you kick with your foot. foot. Football. Do you is know that football? one? It is football. Yeah, it is yeah. indeed it footy. Um, midweek FA Cup. Honestly, I, I genuinely think Man United West Ham was the worst game I've ever seen in my life. Um, it wasn't great. Um, it was... A tough watch is how I just, that's a generous probably description of it. Um, yeah. Um, and to be honest, Luke, I don't want to talk. <laughs> Please don't remind me of that game ever again. Let's pretend it didn't happen. It was such, it was funny because it was like a waste of time and like, we're not even doing anything at the moment. Yeah. So it's, and it's it didn't like... even go to pens. So it didn't even get, um, but please, please move on. We I move think. on. But I just think like the FA Cup this week, it's just, <sighs> I'm losing my love for it, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. just partly because it's, because of all the fixtures and so much football, it means it's, it's too much. Yeah, I think there's too much football in general. Well, I just, the fact, I read an interesting article the other day, just to um, go off topic slightly, about how, you know, there's no game time in, in um, football anymore, like as in there's no like 3pm kickoffs, which was like, so we see every game, which does diminish the kind of the love of it. We see those boring nil alls and we see those, you know, classic Saturday, normally there's, what, five 3pm kickoffs and we, we don't see them all. So we watch match of the day. And when's the last time you watch match of the day? Like you've seen all the matches, you've seen all the games before they, before it comes to match of the day. So um, yeah, I think, I think there definitely has been an oversaturation uh, since the pandemic. But there's no real other option to be honest no, there with isn't. you. There you have to do it. This season started late. You have to get the games in and like fans can't go. You have to give them the option of watching it, I suppose. True. Um, but it is frustrating, yeah. I think like the cups, I think the league cup and the FA Cup have really taken a hit in terms of just enjoyment. Teams aren't taking it that seriously, I don't think. I know the Everton game was a classic last night, five four, which is incredible, and that's great. But that was, you know, I feel like every other game I've watched has just been quite tedious, to be honest mm. with you. Um, quite slow. I know the Champo starts again as well. Yay! Yay! Great news. More football, um, which is great, but. Getting away from from all of that, you know, nonsense. To be honest with you, the FA Cup, Premier League teams, a bit boring. There's actually another story in football this week within the, the world of football, I should say, that was actually really really interesting. I've sort of been reading about it for some time now, and it's about Sunderland. You know, um, I'm sure those of you who know about football know about Sunderland's demise, and those of you who don't may have watched Sunderland Till I Die on um, Netflix, which is a fantastic show um, about how important the football club is to the city of Sunderland, but Sunderland is in a bad way. They're a huge club. I think they have like 40,000 people um, mm. capacity at the Stadium yeah, of Light. That's 52,000, I think. Is it, 50, it's, is it 52? Yeah, huge stadium, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, just a huge club, you know, mm. Premier League, Championship, but they're down in League One. They've been struggling. They've been losing um, quite a bit recently, but 
they are about to get taken over, come under new ownership from um, the son from the Dreyfus family. So the Dreyfus family, this French family, um, incredibly wealthy. I think they own Lyon. Do they? Or Marseille. 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 Might be. Um, might be worth looking that up before I... Um, nah, just go for it, mate. Just, you know... Just one of the two. <laughs> one yeah. of the two. Um, but he was the son um you know sort of the heir apparent to the to the family um company but he was like a huge football fan he was like sent off to england to like leeds or something to be like grassroots football and all of this so he's got like a real passion for the game knowledge for the game and i think sunderland is is they, they sort of been looking at sunderland for a while to invest and you know it finally looks like it's going to go ahead but it doesn't seem like that sort of quick sort of buy a club and you know mm. the qpr of old you know what i mean it seems like this is well thought out this is like hey it's done properly yeah done properly which i which i, I think is great because um, they're a huge club they make sense as a club to buy as well don't they because i mean they're a sleeping giant um you can get them i mean there's not many clubs you could get with that fan support plus that infrastructure as in stadium and that reputation for probably the the little amount of money they're going to get it for um, so yeah, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, look, uh, I don't have a particular affinity to Sunderland, but I think everyone football fan, Newcastle fans aside, would you know say that it is sad to see such a, a big club struggling like that. Um, and you know, we need to get them back to the heyday of Kenwin Jones and Gibril Cisse up front. Oh seven, oh eight. I mean, sure, it's not the heyday, but uh, they were good times, mate. They were good times. Um, Darren Ben Beachball, get it back. Oh, that was that was one of the greats. That was one of the greats. I love that. But yeah, look, you're right. And I think I think it's nice to just have clubs um from around the country really being in the top mm. level, you know, just from different areas. I mean, football is a, a huge part of the community uh, community up in the northeast. You know, they have Borough, Sunderland, and Newcastle. I mean, Borough Championship now as well. Um, and you just want that because I feel like you know, there's been a demise of northern clubs in general, really. Mm. Um, you know, in the Premier League, there's sort of City, Newcastle, United, um, Man United, that is Liverpool, Everton, but like you know, you. What about Burnley? And Burnley as well. But it's funny, like... it, there, was, there was a time where there was the classic um, Blackburn, Bolton, Burnley, uh, Wigan, they were all in or about. Um, it, and yeah. yeah, and Blackpool came up, Preston were in or about. But, um, but yeah, it's not, um, you're right, the Northern clubs aren't faring as well these days, are they? No. So I, I actually really like that story and I think it'd be great to have uh, Sunderland back. But Sunderland till I die. So are you okay? Was that good? Was that a good accent? A, has something happened? Sunderland. Are you having an? Have you had an accident? Have you hit your head? <laughs> Do you need me to call someone? I've been. I'll work on it. I'll work on it for next time. Okay. No, it's good. Yeah, it's good mate. Um, but yeah, check out the show if you haven't yet because it's really, really one of the best docs I've seen on um, on Netflix. It's, but it's yeah. Just I thought that was a, a nice little story away from your sort of usual hoo ha. Um, have we got any big Premier League games this weekend? No, yes. I mean there are Spurs City. Yeah. Liverpool Leicester. Yeah, they are Arsenal, some tasty Arsenal games. Leeds. Yeah, that'll be a nice one, actually. I'm very excited for that. I think City Spurs will probably lose to Mourinho because he always just beats us, doesn't he? Um, I just don't care anymore. Liverpool. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. If I was a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't care at all. You're literally... It's like the worst title defence ever, I think. No, it's not. Leicester came 11th, didn't they? Chelsea came 10th. No, but in terms of points. Well, no, it's not, though. No, in terms of actual points from where you were last year, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's not how you would 
look at the titles. Well, that's how I that's how I'm looking at it. Right. Okay. That's the metric that I'm going to use. Right. So it's like me saying, "Oh, City have never won the World Cup." They're shit. It's not. That's a false dichotomy. No. That's well, completely... don't use big words, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what false means. So don't. Deport. <laughs> so go on. Anyway, move on for football. I don't want to talk about that. Yes, that is a very good point. I think final little bit we like to talk about on this show is of course the rugby so much rugby at the moment which is great rugby. to have it back the rugger we love the rugger um six nations this weekend we've got england italy ireland france and scotland wales as well what are your initial thoughts on those fixtures yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean to see how scotland follow up their famous win see if there's any hangover from that um, you know, if they want to be considered serious contenders, I think they need to beat Wales, but not just beat Wales, you know, um, putting a performance against them. Um, well, a few injuries, don't they? I mean, I'm really, I'm personally upset. I called Cam Redpath for the breakthrough player of the tournament um, and he was outstanding against England. Uh, no one had more carries apart from Stuart Hogg. Uh, he just looked incredibly composed considering it was his debut at 21 or whatever against England, his, his country of birth. Um, so yeah, a bit sad to see him out. Um, Sean Maitland's out as well, but I think I, I still think they'll have more than enough to beat the Welsh, who, despite facing a 14-man Ireland, weren't particularly impressive last weekend. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. And they've got uh, Darcy Graham, haven't they? He's got a cracking lid. I remember at the mm. World Cup, he had a really great Compared lid. Compared to most rugby players who look like they've been shaved by a blind, by Stevie Wonder in a dark room. Um, <laughs> they, think... Why do they do it? Why is that the culture? No, they really back themselves well, don't they? But um... Like Ellis Genge has literally got the worst lid I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, categorically. Well, well, I mean, that's why he's not playing this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a good reason. Yeah. I mean, so, there was some. Ter- who else is it in the um, in the England team? Was it? It's not Mark Wilson. Who was every it? rugby player ever? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that will be a really tasty game. I think Scotland Wales. I hope the Scottish win. You know they deserve it. Yeah. They're a good little side. They deserve a bit of success. I think um, England Italy is pretty boring. A lot of changes though. A lot of changes, yeah. Ford in at 10. I mean, he looks, he's a bit of a reaction, isn't it, to losing. Ford in at 10. Um, I mean, the front row looks a lot stronger, doesn't it, with um, with Sinclair and Vinopola. I mean, that. I mean, that's going to change. But, but and surprisingly, Cowan Dickey and for George, which is interesting, isn't it? Um, Courtney Laws comes in at flanker as well for Wilson. Um, so, yeah, look, it's a strong inside and they'll beat Italy. Um, but You'd I think hope it's all so. On... You would hope you so. You would hope so. You would hope so. But I think it's all on performance now, isn't it? Um, they need to play well. And it's it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they will do anything play particularly differently because Eddie Jones is a very stubborn man. He has his ways and um, and he wants to win his way. And uh, I'm sure they will. But um be interesting to see if there's anything more in terms of just attacking intent. I'm sure there will be because it's Italy. But, um. Yeah, you just need to bounce back. A bit of confidence, really, before you have some tougher fixtures. You know, you've got three three tough fixtures. So, like, if you can get a load of points on the ball, play some good rugby, just get just get back in, you know, focusing on what they do well. That's all yeah. you need to do. And and, and what about um, what about your team, uh, Ireland? What do you think about them? I don't like I don't like that. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, um, like, my accents are good, man. Yeah, okay. Um Ireland are in a weird spot. Um thought they they were okay against Wales at times down to 14 men, but yeah, I, obviously a man is out. Um don't know who'll come in. Um there's a lot of chat. I, I don't know if Sexton will be fit. I mean, there's a lot of controversy this week. A doctor said he'd had 30 concussions, but it turned out it that wasn't true. Um 
But I don't think Sexton will play, actually. I, I think he came out and he said, look, I'm at a stage in my career where I need to think about my family. I need to think about my kids. So I, th- I think if there's any doubt, um, yeah, I don't think Sexton will play if there is any doubt. And I think it'd be interesting to see if it is Billy Burns after his error last weekend. Um, yeah, I, I don't see for um, Ireland winning. And I think they're going to be zero and two, as they say, um, after two games. And the pressure is going to be on Andy Farrell again. As always, it seems at the moment, but yeah. it'd be good to just have some rugby on, on the Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it is. It's great to have the Six Nations on. I love it. It's such a good time. Um, yeah, especially at the moment when we can sort of blur into your weekdays somewhat. You know, it's nice to um, have some international rugby. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and that pretty much concludes episode two of the Limerick Spinners. Uh, we, we will be back. Uh, it, sorry, Luke, it does, absolutely does not conclude episode two of the Spinners. It does not. How it, could I? Everyone is waiting for Around the World in 80 Plays. How could I? Um, let, me just, <gasps> let me just remind people, this is a, a weekly game where Luke uh, takes on the clock, essentially, and he's got to answer a sports question from every continent. Um, and... You know, he gets if he gets around the world, he he, he gets a point. He's he's zero and one at the moment. He lost last week. Um, pretty embarrassing effort this week because last week was so bad from you. I'm going to give you 45 seconds because I would like you to win one to start it off, mate. Well, that's like why I was trying to just wrap it up, just because I was so embarrassed at yeah, last week's yeah, performance. Well, I, I would be, mate. I would be, especially yeah, with the as well. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Just, there. just reiterating, you know, if he gets one wrong, he's got to keep on guessing because there's no more questions. Just one question per continent, all right? Hey, tell me when you're ready, mate, yeah? Ready. Okay, go. Name a pro-Canadian sports team. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, what year did Argentina achieve their best finish at the Rugby World Cup? Ooh, 2014? No. There's no Rugby World Cup. In <laughs> there wasn't, was that? 2015? No. Oh, 2011. Just say answers. No. Oh, 2010. No. 2007, 2003, yes. 2007. Yes. What city hosted the 2010 World Cup final? Oh, Cape Town. No. Johannesburg. Yeah. Who has taken the most test wickets for New Zealand? Oh, Trent Bolt. Oh, no, no Richard Hadley. Yeah. Victoria. Name, name an Asian city to host the Olympics. Tokyo. Yeah. What player has the most England rugby caps? Oh, oh <laughs> the prop. It was the prop. It's the, it's the prop. It's the prop. Jason Leonard is Jason It Leonard. is Jason Leonard. Oh, that was so annoying it's because of I, my guessing. I think you can admit the you messed up there. You messed oh, up. Oh, God. The Argentina one. Yeah, that was a good question as well, and I just kept getting it wrong. Oh, that's that, those are good questions again. Actually, I enjoyed that. Um, that's annoying, Jason. Leonard. Zero and two. Zero and two. That is just, poor. If you if you get to because obviously you're playing this eighty times as we said. Um, if you get to zero and eighty, what? it doesn't look great for you, does it, mate? Well, no, it does not. Actually, it looks really really poor. But that is a fantastic little segment. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, listening, and now that actually does conclude episode two which has been wonderful and we will be back as we say we're doing this bi-weekly so we'll be back on tuesday uh, reviewing some of the cricket it'll actually probably just have finished by then um looking forward to some footy and rugby as per usual enjoy your weekend mm-hmm.